The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And the Yankees fucking suck. That's it. That's all I got. I mean, that could no be the show. That's yeah, the- there's no spin zone. There's no, oh, what about this? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. There is, I'll just go right from the top. There is, there's no trade. There's no Trevor Story. There's no whoever with the Diamondbacks. There is no trade that is going to turn this team around this season. I just don't see it happening at all. Yes, maybe they could get really hot. Maybe they pull a 2017 and then all of a sudden everything starts clicking. We still got to change managers. I think we've got to change general managers. We've got to change everything about how we conduct ourselves as an organization because it's embarrassing. Absolutely. It's stale. And I see a lot of people on Twitter like, oh, you want to fire Cashman? Who are you going to replace him with? Or, oh, you want to fire Aaron Boone? Who are you going to replace him with? Sometimes you just need new blood. Brian Cashman's been in this organization since 1986. He's been in his current job since 1998. Sometimes you just need a new voice. Like there is value in new blood. And and I want to be stable. I like that we're a stable organization. We don't fire people all the time now. But at some point, the process just isn't working. Yeah, I mean, we are – a worse team now than we were in 2017. Hands down. It's not even close. Yeah. Like, there's, I mean, we've all, you've had a couple of jobs since college, and you've had, you know, you had part time jobs and stuff like that. I've had a number of jobs myself. There are managers in any role who bring the best out of you, there are managers who bring the worst out of you, there are managers who just, eh. And I don't know that he necessarily brings the worst out of everyone, but it is definitely at least eh. No one can sit here and make the argument that he is getting the most out of his players. Not when Andujar has regressed under his watch. Not when Frazier has regressed under his watch. Not when Torres has regressed under his watch. And not when Gary Sanchez has regressed under his watch. Those are four key young players that he was brought in to mentor and be buddy-buddy with and build relationships. And they've all gotten worse. They are all worse at baseball than they were when he got here. And that's 
undeniable. And I mean, there's just so much. There's just nothing to be excited about. Like absolutely nothing to be excited about. And like, yeah, okay. So there's been a ton of injuries, right? Are injuries his fault? No, but the injuries have been happening again and again under this leadership. We didn't have these problems, and it's not like we didn't have them because of Girardi, but we didn't have them when Girardi was here. I still think getting rid of Girardi at the time was the right decision. I don't want Joe Girardi to manage the Yankees now, but something just something's not working. And Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and look, I'd make the argument right now that we're relatively healthy. You got Judge and Stanton in there. You got Torres in there. Chapman's healthy. Cole's healthy. You know, most of their good players are healthy. DJ LeMahieu, yeah, they're they're missing Voight, they're missing a couple guys, but this is as healthy as, we, as we've been in three years. You you can't use the injury excuse this year just because they're missing a couple players. Because guess what, the entire league is injured. If if you look around, so they're relatively healthy, and and their guys just aren't getting it done. Normally, we've always been a flawed roster, but we made up for it by just hitting a shit ton of homers. Now the homers have stopped, and everything else is just exacerbated. I mean, we look lost. We look Horrible. absolutely lost. Horrible. They're 27th in total offense. 27th. So don't tell me that offense is down around the league. Yeah. Where it doesn't matter. And, and that was the whole thing that people try to go with of uh, offense is down everywhere. And it is. That's why I don't care about the no hitters. But if you're still the worst of the worst offense, <laughs> like you're still bad. And it's the feel. It's the feel of these games. We'll talk about our experience. We went up Friday night. You know, we were pretty fired up Friday night. First Red Sox game of the year. They had 18,000 fans coming and the game was over in the first inning. As soon as Devers hit that three run homer into the upper deck, me, you, my dad and Andrew, we all knew the game was over. And it was it was obvious. Yeah, it was. I mean, my seat wasn't even warm yet. And that game no, was over. No, no. Get in the drive up with you and your dad. That was fun. I'm glad. I'm glad we were able to get some semblance. I was going to say everything other than the on-field product was great. The seats were great. You hooked it up. We. You know, I thought the four of us had a great time. You know, it was fun to get up there. The weather ended up being okay. Everything was great except for the fucking players, dude. Yeah, I mean, there's no better experience than you get up there. We walk in the Billies. The owner comes up, gives us shots. We walk in the stadium. Oh, here you go. Here's your bartender. Here's your food. Everything's taken care of, except the pitching. Like no one. <laughs> No one can handle that for us. No one can get the offense going. You know, Stanton really, you could write a book on how to kill a rally in that, that sixth inning. <laughs> oh, my God. And Judge in the first inning, look, he, and I heard people arguing, you know, wh- when did the game end? Did it end on the three-run homer by Devers or did it end on the Judge double play? If Aaron Judge just hits a single in that first inning or walks, you have bases loaded, nobody out. They're, they're probably going to score some runs there. And he hits into a double play. And if the game wasn't over in the top of the first, it was damn sure over in the bottom of the first. Like, it was almost like the 2017 wildcard game. Like, we got punched in the mouth by Severino. We thought the game was over. And then Didi kind of saved it. Like, Judge had that chance to save it in the bottom of the inning. And he hits a double play. I think everyone in that stadium, when Judge came up to the plate, thought about Didi. Right then. Yeah. I thought oh, about no, that I home run. About it. Yeah, I was thinking about it, too. I was like, you know, same scenario. We got two on, nobody out. And then he hits a garbage time homer in the sixth inning to pad his stats. Like, everything about that game was just so classic, including Michael King getting the two outs and two strikes. How many three-run homers have we let up when they are one strike away from getting out of the inning? It is fucking infuriating. We just can't close the door 
at all. And then, I mean, King figures it out, and we probably pulled him too early. Yeah. No. Same thing with Herman last night. They pulled him at 84 pitches, five and two-thirds. Yeah. To bring in Litke. Same, same idea. Not letting guys figure it out when it looks like they're starting to figure it out. You know, like, we'll let a guy go out there and die giving up runs, throwing pitches when, you know, it's garbage time game. But when it's close and a guy's figured it out after struggling early in the game, we have no confidence in them. You know, what message does that sound for young development? They you know, baby everybody. They're babying their pitchers. It's the same thing. You have to let these guys learn how to, to get out of adversity, to navigate through those situations. Because these pitchers are going in there and they're probably thinking, look, once I get to 90 pitches, I'm out regardless. Doesn't matter if there's guys on. You know, anytime I'm in trouble and we're at 90 pitches, I'm out. And it's just that's why we have starters that only go five innings. I want to talk about the call last night. I know we're, we're jumping all over the place. Everybody is using the, the call on Odor as the reason we lost. And I agree it was a bad call. And you know I've been very vocal, the umpires. But you had chances to put that game away. And just the way we're playing, we cannot be blaming umpires right now. We had that game in our own hands. We were up 3-1. We could have blown it open. We are not playing well enough to deserve any kind of benefit of the doubt with fucking umpires. So I agree. But I think both can be true. That okay. when you get a call like that, bottom of the ninth inning, you're about to have the bases loaded, and you're already just a shitty team that's on the verge of getting swept. That takes a lot of the wind out of your sails. Of course. But we shouldn't be in that position anyway, because we're not facing real major league pitching. We're not going yeah. out there and facing because guess what? You know what happened in the outfield today at Fenway? Chris Sale started throwing. So Chris Sale's now throwing, expected to be back in like August. We just had a, uh, you know the, the season last year, which wasn't a real season, and half of this season without Chris Sale in our division. And we're going out there and just choking up games you know, to quadruple-A players. But that call was so bad and it's just like we keep we talked about it was it thursday night's game we were tweeting or thursday's game we were tweeting yes yeah where kiermeyer clearly is going out of it like there are lines it's not even a judgment call there are lines to stay with it and he doesn't some of the calls behind the plate we're like, oh, this is the worst, uh, you know, umpired game I've seen of all time. And I feel like over the last three years, we've said that a billion times. And it's not just us. Now, I'm not saying this as the umpires are fucking the Yankees, right? The yes. umpires are fucking baseball. Yes. Because it's happening to us. It's happening to the Cubs. It's happening to the Cardinals. Like, every team has this happening to them. And the quality of the game, between all the decisions the league has made to – we had the juiced up balls in 19. Now they're like de-juiced. They're wound tighter or looser, whatever the fucking science is of it. We're getting, I mean, Clint's walk-off last week should have been 30 rows deep. It just gets out. Gardner, Gardner's, Gardner's home run. I've watched Brett Gardner hit that home run 100 <laughs> times, and it's never in the first row. But there we are. So they made that decision. And, you know, whatever, it's helping pitchers. Okay, so now you've taken the excitement of the home run, the excitement of offense out of the game. 
which is what you need to get women and children to come and watch the game, to get the casual fan to come and watch the game. You need that offense. And now we're taking that out. The whole sports world is going towards gambling. Everything's gambling. And we're getting updates when you watch on ESPN of, like, you know, whoever they're partnered with, FanDuel, DraftKings, who gives a shit. But, like, all these broadcasts are talking about gambling and all this stuff. And you can't trust that you're going to get a fairly called game to even be able to bet on it because you're going to get fucked. Yeah. You're right. I guess my thing is I just don't want that. I don't want that call to be the focal point of the weekend because they were embarrassed. They were outplayed. Cora outmanaged the shit out of Aaron Boone. And let's stay on the call for a second, though. Aaron Boone let two of his assistants get thrown out. You got to go out there and call and cause a scene. And I'm I'm sorry. I know he is the pacemaker. But if you, if you can't, that's part of the job is going out and getting thrown out sometimes. And if he can't do that safely, then and I'm not saying this condescendingly, then maybe he shouldn't be doing such a high stress job because the job requires that sometimes you have to go out and make a scene. Did you anyone give that excuse? Like did a reporter? No, but or I've, I've oh, seen okay. whispers of it, and I just really think he was letting Tim's and what's the other guy's name, Carlos Mendoza, like yeah. hanging them out to dry. Did you see Cece behind the dugout? I didn't. There's I didn't. a picture He's of like right out. after it, and Boone's just like looking up, like upset, and Cece is behind him in the front row behind the dugout, screaming. He's been critical of Boone since he stopped playing. He criticized him for the, you know, the Jay Happ, uh, Davey Garcia debacle from yep. last year and bringing Chapman in in the seventh inning of, of game five last year. Yeah, he, he left his assistant coaches out to dry. And uh, like the guys clearly it's, it's just clearly not working. Like, I don't want to hear about, oh, I need to find a replacement or who would you pick? Like, clearly, like this just isn't working with him. It's obvious. Have you ever been fired from a job? Uh, yes, been laid off twice, actually. Now, laid off like, hey, we're making cuts or like you're not necessarily great at this. That's interesting. I've never thought we get into this. The, the first time um, was like a layoff of 15 people. Okay. The, the second time, which was like four months later, this was not a fun year for me. Um, the <laughs> second time, my, my manager at the time resigned. And then a week later, they were basically like, nobody feels like managing you. So we're just eliminating this. Okay. So you can make the – I guess it could kind of go either way. Both were kind of out of my so control. I've been laid off before, but okay. I've been fired, okay? Okay. I've been yeah. – hey, and I said this about yesterday's game. Like one day – so I used to work for this company, Yodel. I think they're owned by web.com now. Okay. And it was like a sales job. You got to make a, a hundred – you got to make 85 phone calls or 100 minutes yeah. on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, just one of those. You're just dialing for dollars. Sure. Um, And – Towards the end, like, I wasn't really that into it. I wasn't that great. It's a tough job to do and stay motivated. And, like, I've been fired from jobs like that before. But you know when you're circling the drain. Like, you know, oh, it yeah. starts to, like, ah, oh, there's maybe a little criticism. And then things start to fall, like, worse and worse and worse. And that's exactly what we're watching happen to Boone. There oh, is yeah. no way. Sure. There is, unless the Yankees win the World Series, which at this point, even if they won the World Series... I do not think Aaron Boone would have anything to do with why it happened. Aaron Boone has got to be gone. There is no one who's saying, no one on Twitter, no one in the media, no one is saying, like, oh, we got to give him another chance. Yeah, there are people like, well, who else are you going to get? Who gives a fuck? Can't be any worse. You yeah, can't you have look- your next girlfriend lined up because you break up with the one that you have right now. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Look what, and Jack, look what he walked into. Look at what he inherited in 2017. This is like a, a trust fund kid that inherited a shit ton of money and didn't invest it, didn't do anything, just sat on the couch smoking weed and, and buying, I don't know, vending machines with it. Like, like he was given a gold mine and he's done nothing with it. I mean, it, it's gotten worse. It's horrible. When you think about the assets, the young talent that, that he acquired by taking this job and what he's done with it, it's fucking pathetic. He got a team that was a game away from going to the World Series. And Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, and Stanton. They had they had Sevy in place. They had Ch- he had his closer in place, Chapman. They had they had Glaber coming up. I, I mean, come on. Frazier was Ch- coming along. Yeah, and then Cashman goes out and he gets him Geo. He gets him Void. And look, Core is a shitty person, but he's a great manager, man. He he has those guys playing hard. They take the extra base. They play great defense. They are always locked in. It was night and day watching. Like, we have a clear disadvantage against them in the dugout and the Rays with Cash. I mean, the the Rays have been made a mockery of us the mockery. last, you know, I'd say like 10 years or so. You know, just really – because I did see something about how um, some reporter, or maybe it was like the Athletic, had him like the Rays are regularly in the playoffs. They're not regularly in the playoffs, but lately, like they pick their spots, they outwork the shit out of us. Yeah, they're all playing to try to get traded to somewhere better, and I think maybe that's part of it. I don't know what the environment we've created is like. Maybe no one's afraid of losing their job. I think you know we don't make drastic changes anymore. And not that I think everything needs to be a drastic change, but if you're not afraid of losing your spot, you're not afraid of being put on the bench, you're not afraid of being pulled for not hustling. Like, listen, some of the base running errors, Gary Sanchez should have been on the bench for a week. Oh, my God, yeah. And Clint and Torres. Yeah. (laughs) The one thing I will say about Glaber is Glaber has shown an ability to rebound. To get criticism and then have it mean something to him. Yes, you're right. You're right. I can't say that about Clint. I can't say that about Gary. That's a fair point. And he, and he has cleaned up the defense. And, and one guy who we both love that we've kind of been given a pass, DJ's got to pick it up, man. Two, 255 with no power is not going to do it. I know the ball's dejuiced. I know he's a gold glove defender, but you got to hit 280, 290. You just do. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a part of me that's like, ah, well, whatever. Ho- hopefully he's saving the hits for the rest of the contract at this point. And he's batting first. Like, do they need to? And that's another conversation. It's not like he's a speedster. He doesn't walk a lot. If he's not hitting 300, I, I don't really understand how you can keep having him lead off. Like, they might need a new leadoff hitter. Who's it? Tyler Wade? <laughs> like, we don't maybe, have a leadoff maybe hitter. try Glaber there? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I mean, maybe because Glaber's, you know, always trying to find power. Maybe, and we talked about earlier in the season how that could have been a hindrance to him. You know, he's trying to find those thirty-three home runs again. If you just look at like, you think about how you learn baseball, and we talk a lot about like youth baseball and high school ball and little league and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, and everything that you learned about putting together a roster or putting together a lineup, and we all of that is just out the window. We have none of what you're supposed to do to build a baseball team. And we all got, we all, you know, I'll admit, like, I didn't say, oh, you know, not that it matters, but I didn't say, oh, you know what? This team is, 
you know, maybe not as constructive. No, I was. Everyone could suck our dicks. We're going to the World Series because we've got Stanton, we've got Judge. They're just going to hit home runs. We've got Voight. He's going to hit some home runs. DJ's going to bat three twenty. No problem. The pitching is going to be decent. Instead, the pitching has been great. And you know, we were talking about it with your dad on the uh, drive home. We were, we were like, "Oh yeah, Herman on Sunday could go out there, give up three solo home runs, and lose." But that's not his fault. You know. Yes. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And you were very confident going in. For me, you know, since the last year, I've been very concerned about our lack of speed and athleticism. But I thought that we were going to hit enough homers and that the American League was going to be shitty and that they could basically bomb their way to the World Series and maybe get lucky against the Dodgers. And I thought the starting pitching, I was pumped about Kluber. I, I thought the pitching could be good. I knew they were flawed. I knew they were slow. I knew they were unathletic. But I didn't. I don't think anybody could foresee just this complete lack of power. Like that's the that's the craziest thing. Like you go into a game and you don't expect them to hit any homers. And Andrew made the point. We were sitting at the game. He's like, you know, the past five years they're a two homer a game team minimum. They had two homers a game in 2018, 2019, yeah. and even last year. And it's just completely evaporated. Yeah. No. I, I mean, it was the home runs, and sometimes we would live and die by the home run, but. You're living a lot more than you're dying, but we were doing some of the other stuff. Like we are just, we are. You get guys on base, and we are useless. Like we're better with the bases loaded. I forget what the stat was. I think they talked about it last night. Like with the bases loaded, we're actually not that bad of a team. If you take out bases loaded with nobody out, we're like a terrific team. We're one for thirteen with the bases loaded and no outs. Shout really? to our intern, Dan, who we get to meet in person on Saturday. That's awful. Not for, meeting you, but the, that stat is awful. <laughs> one for 13 with the bases loaded and no outs. And this is from a team that didn't have its first sack fly until May. <laughs> they are so bad with the bases loaded and no outs. And I'll be honest, there was a game. I think it was, it was the Sunday game in Camden Yards. And I think Gio came up, bases loaded, no outs, and he hit into a double play. And I was like, you know what? At least they got one out of that. Like, that's how bad they've been, that I will sign up for one with bases loaded, no outs. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are, there are so many times where we're like, hey, well, at least he was smart enough to, to strike out looking. <laughs> Instead of hitting into a double play. Let's talk about the double plays. They've, I think they've 58. They're leading the world by far. It's not even close. I think the next closest team has, I don't know, low 40s. They're just hitting these weak ground balls right at other players who are perfectly positioned, and it's it, it's killed all these rallies. I think three double plays last night they hit into on Sunday night. Yeah, it's like we're living just in a shitty simulation. It's just like this shitty simulation where every other team knows exactly where we're going to hit the ball. Like They're shifting perfectly to it. And now I'm not the biggest like you got to have a shift. You got to you know, change the whole way the game is played, the way, you know, Joe Madden approached it, the way Kevin K Ke- I mean, really, it's just fucking anybody who touches the Rays, the way they approach it. But what we're what we've built is just so bad. And I don't know where we go from here. L- so luckily they're not committed to Sanchez long term. We know they're not committed to judge long term, whatever happens there. They're not committed to Glaber long term. Like the, the, there are some things they can do. Stanton and Cole are really, and I guess DJ now are really the only guys that they're committed to for I guess the next four years or more. They they will have some flexibility coming up. But as my dad said, we have eight righties in Gardner. 
Like that's that's the lineup. It's, yeah, it's not scaring anybody. I mean, we still got Hicks's contract for another couple of years. Oh, I forgot. Fuck. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. Now it's 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 terrible. We've it's got scary. no farm system. We no. just sit on all these guys. Like here, I'll go out here. I'll say it early. Jason Dominguez probably not going to be shit. You know why? Because he's going to sit in the minor leagues for like seven years. We're going to stunt his growth. It'll totally be our fault. And then it'll be like, oh, well, it didn't pan out. We want to hold on to him. I mean, you ran down the <laughs> litany of trades that we could have made over the years when like Devi Garcia was untouchable. Clark Schmidt, untouchable. Clark Schmidt. He's barely playing catch. Fucking June. We could have had Cole in 2018. Didn't want to give up Andujar. He was untouchable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's sad to think about. It, it's sad. And it's, and like we've said the same thing that all of these pitching prospects are the same. They're all King, Garcia, Nelson, Krisky, Clark Schmidt. Like they're good in garbage time. They flash some stuff, they flash some velocity. But when it gets to two outs and two strikes and two guys on, it's a three run homer to Devers. And Boone says, well, if you take away that pitch, he was great. And that's what I want to get into next. Results-oriented versus process-oriented. I'm hearing way too much the Yankees have a great process. It'll even out. You know, you can't control results. You can only control having a sound process. That is bullshit. You have to be results-oriented. Win fucking games. I don't want to hear about our process. Expected batting average. (laughs) That's what it is. It's expected batting average. It's sickening. That's all we're doing here. It's just, you know... We're playing the game the right way. We're doing, you know, we're making sure everybody's F war is whatever. Whatever it's gonna f- even out. Everything's gonna match. that's my favorite. So I'm a big I'm a big water finds its level as a baseball guy because 162 game season. But when it gets to mid June and the tide hasn't started to rise at all, we've got a problem. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, no, exactly. And this is why and I was very nervous in April because that th- it was a, the three-game sweep they had to the Rays in April. I want to say it was like April 15th through 17th. That was not a normal, like, oh, it's early. Like, they just looked like a Little League team, and I'd never really seen that before. And it hasn't really gone away. They, they started 6-11. and 11. They had that 19-6 and six stretch where they still weren't scoring, but they were getting this elite pitching, and it kind of masked everything. And then they're 2-8 they're and eight in their last 10. Like, you just – you get to a point where you are what you are. I don't know about other people. I've been thinking about it. 
And I think that headed into this season and in the beginning of the season, I myself had a little bit of a like happy to be here kind of thing. Like we're getting a regular season. I'll be able to go to games like yeah. they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out where we can leave our houses again. And took my eye off the ball. I think a lot of fans did. And I wonder how much of that played into just why we stink. Is that like are we, you know, being prepared to, you know, to tackle this like a regular baseball season versus like, oh, you had to wear a mask for a little bit and we just let guys get soft. Yeah, well, I think they've been soft for a while. Um so that I think they've been soft for a while. But, yeah, I think and we just like I said, I think we just assumed we were going to hit a shit ton of bombs and that, you know, the, these that would cover up that would cover up these holes. I, that is the clearly the biggest problem to me is the lack of power. Nobody expected them to be 27th in, in total offense. But, yeah, and, and there is a big so there are people that blame how for not going over the tax. And then there are people that blame Cashman saying, you know, even with the two hundred and ten million dollar limit, you should still be able to field a better team than this. Who do you think deserves more blame between those two? Um, Brian Cashman. Me too. I think 210 is enough to work with. I don't agree that Hal should stay there, but I, I think that's a fair number to work under. To, listen, I don't think you got to stay under 210, but it's the same way I've talked about before. I talked about it on our car ride home on Friday. Like, when we had just lost Friday, and we had it lost on Saturday and Sunday, because I feel very different about this team after that. Yes. It was. I said it's up to the players on this roster now to prove that they're worth trading for help for. Like it's up to the guys every day to show, hey, we're worth adding that extra bat, another arm, and I'm one of the guys who should stay here. But nobody's doing that. Yeah, no, I know that's one of your lines, and you've said that before. And if you're giving me a choice whether I want to buy or sell at the deadline, fuck, I'm selling. Let's let's unload some assets. Maybe maybe get you know replenish the farm a little bit. This team is not winning this year, so why would I want to give up more just to win three more games and finish with eighty seven wins instead of eighty four? Like we're not one move away, like you said. I think that was the first thing you said uh, yeah. today. Yeah, we're not. There's not just like one piece. There's not Trevor Story's not coming in here and turning things around for us. <laughs> and look at the you look at the standings. I think they're six and a half games back. That's. It's a lot of games to be back in June. I mean, that they're pacing to be you know around 10, 11 games back at the All Star break. Like, this is not a team that's close. Like, I mean, it's not even that you know. Oh, it's automatically a double. They're six and a half games back, so we're a half a game behind the Blue Jays. But we're five and a half games behind the Rays, uh, behind the Red Sox. We're six and a half behind the Rays, and we've lost a lot of those Rays games are in the rear view. There's not a lot of you control your own destiny. Great point. In that. Yeah, Great we've point. got we can catch the Red Sox. But like not with this team. Why would we? How how? Who thinks? Who looks at this and is just like, yeah, no, we'll just turn it around in the second half. The only I mean, the the biggest optimist, I guess what they would say is that if if Kluber and Severino come back, they can lean and they're dominant, you know, they could lean on a great rotation. But we know that there are a lot of pitfalls there. We know that's not realistic. How many zero zero games has a team won? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're not they're a two yeah they're a three run offense two to three run offense. It's embarrassing. It's crazy. Like it blows my mind how how much they're underachieving. Like I can't you know 
I just I can't believe it. I also like I can't believe the Red Sox are playing as well as they have. Um, the Blue Jays are about where I you know thought they'd be. I thought we would be where the Red Sox are or where the Rays are, and it would be us in the Rays. Yeah, I thought we'd be around second place, maybe even second place, game or two out. But know, like it's around. a six hundred team. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah for sure. We're fi- we're thirty one and twenty nine. There, yeah. they're, they're essentially essentially five hundred, and they talk, act, and. Act yet yeah, like they're a first place team. Boone, Boone given load management days last night. Gary said, I, "I know we have a good team. You know, we're you're a fourth place team. You are not a good team. They are so arrogant." And this starts with Cashman, and it's clearly trickled down to the players and Boone. They are so arrogant. They think they're so much better than they are. They have won one division title. Forget World Series titles. Forget pennants. They've won one division title since 2012. One. That is awful. That's depressing to hear you say that. That actually really hurts my feelings. Like I can't I believe I'm that. Sorry. That's sorry. so bad. I I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, because seventeen and eighteen, they were they were wild cards. Yeah. They they won the division in nineteen, and and that was it. And look, we should have. I think last year we may have used the COVID season as a little bit of a crutch. We they were thirty three and twenty. They were thirty three and twenty seven last year. They, they they weren't that good. I mean, yeah. Oh no, no, we were we were not good last year either. We you know as it got down the stretch, we were just choking up games. We thought we were going to be the second wild card team. Well, like, we thought we weren't going to make the playoffs at one point. Yes, yeah, and they 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 were like two games out from doing that. And you go back to where we were, even after the 2019 season ended, like after Altuve's ball ended, it was like you know we still have a great team. We're, we're one starting pitcher away. We have a great offense. We have a great bullpen. We're, we're one pitcher away. We went out and got that pitcher like we all wanted, and since then everything is <laughs> everything else has sucked. It's crazy. We wouldn't have made the playoffs last year if it wasn't expanded playoffs. We wouldn't have. No. And yeah, easily. And it's not no expanded playoffs this year. Nope. Give us back our October. Oh, oh yeah. No, dude, it's it's tough because – and for me, sat, like Saturday night was kind of the, the do-or-die moment for me. I was like, if they, they don't come out – Wait, what was your game. watching situation on Saturday night? Oh, man. So let's, let's get into Saturday. So Saturday we were – So wait, wait. Go let's out. get into – yeah. Friday, we yeah. are pulling out of the garage at Yankee Stadium, and you may never go to a game again. By the time we are getting to me dropping off in your car, you're thinking about ways you can maybe gaslight your fiance into going to the game on Saturday. It was an yeah. amazing time. You're like, maybe if I tell her, like, ah, you know, we get up there, we have a couple drinks. <laughs> it's amazing how we turn it around. Like, I'm bitching. Like, I need this venting. Can't wait yes. to be there Saturday. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm the same way. Like I, I will cry and scream and complain, and then it, it doesn't take a lot to pull me back in. Originally, we were supposed to go to this place. I don't know if you – it's called Peddler's Village. It's like some sort of uh, – I don't know. You walk around. You get drinks. You look at stores and shit. Have you heard of it? I, I've heard Peddler's Village, but I don't know it. Yeah. Um, anyway, we were supposed to like meet one of her friends there for the day, and that was supposed to be our day. And then she got, and then Jamie had texted me. I don't know, it was like ten or eleven, saying she was sick and we weren't doing that anymore. So that was why that was when I had that idea. But we ended up going to basically this birthday party in a courtyard that we had previously been invited to. And since we couldn't do the pre- Peddler's Village thing, we we're like, all right, we'll do this instead. And basically, the party was in the courtyard, but like the food and I guess the presents were in this little like indoor room with a TV. How how old of a birthday is this? Uh, the kid is twenty eight, and there were presents. There were like there weren't presents, but the kid has like nephews, and they had like toys, I guess, that they brought. 
Like oh, there okay. were family people oh, at this okay. party, and there were people my age drinking. I'm thinking you're at like uh, everyone's about your age drinking, and like someone just bought this oh, guy no, presents. No. Oh, okay. I guess I, they looked like presents. They were just kids' toys, but okay. there was this room, but the TV wasn't hooked up. So basically, I had to find the birthday boy, go up to his building or his apartment, get his laptop and his HDMI, and fucking figure this shit out. I got it set up with like a minute to spare, and I was like, you know what? This could be it. Like they win tonight. I'm back in, and they just lost again, and I just I just lost all of the wind out of my sails. Yeah, I was actually really proud of myself for like just even staying up for the games. But but like you said, Sunday night was a foregone conclusion. How many of in the best twenty years? How many of those nightmare Sunday night Yankee Red Sox games at Fenway at Yankee Stadium have we watched? Like you knew that was ending in nightmare fashion. You just knew it. Yeah, just it was. Once, especially once it went to extra innings, I was like, "We're fucked. We are fucked." Because this team, that's a bad call. Yeah, even if he gets on base, like, do we drive in the run? Probably not. Um, right. But right. this team does not have the gumption to bounce back from a bad call like that. No, no, they don't. Uh, and but that's kind of what I said to Jamie. She's like, "Oh, we definitely would have won." And I was like, "Well, you know, basically, Clint." realistically had probably a 30 percent chance of getting on base and getting that run and he's you know he's got about a 300 obp so it's not like he was coming up and the game was over there's a good chance he would have popped up or struck out and we'd be having the same conversation that's why i don't want to get too hung up on that call yeah i mean i don't think we lost again i don't think we lost that game that um because of that call but i am i have such a concern and when i started the show Two years ago, I talked about it a ton with Keith about how worried I was about the future of baseball. Because we also have – I mean, we have a CBA coming up too. So we have a a CBA coming up for players who feel like they aren't getting enough from the league, especially like post-COVID and financially. We have owners who are greedy as shit and don't – are making more money than – they've ever made before uh and then you have these umpires who are just like bulletproof nothing can happen to them and they're out there ruining the game like if i'm the players association i'm willing to and i know there are players who talked about this for years like save your money and be ready for a labor you know halt if i'm a player who has any kind of voice in the players association there has to be something done about the umpires before we sign a new CBA because it's like otherwise we're just showing up to just get paid yeah the umpire the ball you know there's going to be something with the ball the the substances uh, that's a whole nother like kind of can of worms but. i mean yeah the the ball like stop cha- a baseball just have a baseball a baseball's been a baseball's been a baseball for forever Go with the juice one, go with the not juice one, whatever. But then just that's the baseball. It's just always been the baseball. Stop changing the baseball. You want to juice something, juice the players. Like in 98, that saved the game. Yeah, make make everything. Yeah, make all steroids legal and just keep the ball as is. I think they are going to. Well, first of all, I don't think there's going to be a 2022 season that starts on time. That That's obvious. If you paid, unless you were living under a rock during the 2020 negotiations, you know that these two guys hate each. They're like Israel and Palestine. Like <laughs> they don't get along at all. So here's a question I have for you. Yeah. Do you even know what what you just said means? 
You don't um, strike me as a person who has any idea what's going on. I just know those two don't like each other. <laughs> okay. I just, I just, I was like, wow, what if it turns out that Nick only knows about Yankees baseball and the Gaza Strip? <laughs> no, yeah. I, yeah, no. But, uh, and we talked about it in the car the other day. So I looked it up. After the season, there's still three more years on the CBA for the umpires. How do those? How do the umpires fit into the players versus owners negotiations? Do you know the answer to that? No, I mean I don't think there is necessarily even a like. I don't think they normally do, but I think it's gotten so bad that as like players, you have to say like what like what is going to happen if I fuck up something as a player? I have to stand in front of the media and answer questions. If I don't answer questions, I get fined. But if an, a reporter asks me, what do you think about that play, that bad call? If you ask Odor about that call last night and he says anything bad about the umpires, he also gets fined. But the umpires don't have to say anything. They don't have to answer questions about that. And they're allowed to bully and intimidate yeah. you know, players and throw people out. Like the guy, the, the second base ump, I, I think A-Rod said it. It's like the fact that he knew what Nevin was saying and could hear it, that means you're paying too close attention. Like they are looking to throw guys out, uh, which is terrible. You see it all the time. They stare at players when they're walking back and they, and they try to throw them out. It happens to our guys a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean there are umpires who are just having a bad day. You know, they're on the road. Maybe you got in a fight with your wife, you know, over text or whatever, and then it's just you have – like the barrier for what gets you thrown out of a baseball game, it used to be pretty simple. Like there are there is magic words that if you say them, you're going to get thrown out. If you kick dirt, you you know pick up a base, you're going to be thrown out. But now it's just whatever I feel like. Yeah, there's no structure to it. It's 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 all subjective. It's way too subjective. Um, but yeah, I still hate it. I thought Boone should have went out there. And, and got thrown out. I, I didn't like how he left his assistants out to dry. Do you think there's any chance they fire him in season? Yes. Interesting. I don't. I think he'll be gone at the end of the year, but I, I don't think Cashman would, would do that. In I, I think if it gets to like September, like late August, September, and it looks like we are not making the playoffs, I think Cashman gets rid of him because that's I think that could possibly save Cashman's job. And get a head start on the search. Yeah. I think at most Cashman has one more manager under in him. Interesting. So we disagree there. I think because he's been here since 1986 and his last name is basically Steinbrenner at this point that he has basically a lifetime contract. I don't think he will ever be let go. And I think that's part of the problem is that he operate. You know, I don't think GMs, he's going to be publicly fired. You, I you think, think they would gonna, ask him to step down. Hey, privately? you know, why don't you go to like this other role? Interesting. I mean, you can't be. You're listen. As much as we haven't really been the Yankees lately, we're the New York. This is a professional sports organization. You can't because a guy won us. A a guy was the general manager when we won a bunch of World Series that he didn't build. Oh, not he did nothing for those for the '98. Yeah, no, nothing. Like you don't tank your organization out of loyalty to that. I would hope not. I would hope not. They're stubborn, though, and Cashman's really stubborn, so that that's what scares me about the Boone thing. Like, Cashman has raved about Boone 
you know, incessantly over the past three years, it'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if, if he fired in midseason. I would love it. I think it would actually be the spark that they need because these players, they know no matter what happens, Boone's going to say they grinded, they fought, they're in a good place, they had good at bats. Like, no wonder they have no sense of urgency. There's no punishment. But I don't think the decision will necessarily even come from Boone because if you look at it and you look at Hal trying to save a buck or two here or there, you know, Get Boone out of there. Let one of your assistants coach for a bit. You give someone, if there's anyone who you think has potential on that uh, coaching staff, you give them a trial for like a month. They're probably not the future, but it's better to be open for business and start finding out who's going to be available than waiting and being the last team to, to get a manager. Yeah, I'd rather make the move too early than too late. And Boone just, he quite frankly, talks like a loser. He stutters. He always says, you know, and... I mean, the other thing that he does that, that drives me crazy, and I said this earlier, is he'll be like, well, I really like Gary's process at the plate right now. Uh, like, imagine going, like, you mentioned a sales job. Imagine going to a sales manager after three months and being like, you know what, I didn't make any sales or make any revenue for the company, but my process is really strong. It's really sound. I feel like I'm in a really good place. They'd be like, fuck you, you're fired. I mean, I think the obvious move here is that whether it's early or, you know, at the end of the season, Boone isn't fired. Boone just doesn't have a contract, you know. Listen, the Marlins are in f- tied for last place. Mattingly? Who else? People say Buck, but I think I just don't think that's going to happen. No, who why would you bring fucking Buck Showalter back? He's kind of a hardo. He'll demand more accountability. I know he's kind of a dinosaur, but I I'd, I'd ha- rather have him than Boone. Then we might Boone as well get Tony Larusa. <laughs> Because it's still a somewhat younger team, Buck Showalter. In 1995, Buck Showalter would not talk to Andy Pettit. Did not speak to Andy Pettit. Or Jeter, right? I think yeah. it was both of them. Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't talk to young players. You know, they've got to earn it. We're talking about a man who has won nothing ever. That's true. Yeah. I, look, I'd be, fine. I'd be fine with Mattingly. Almost hired him in uh, 07, 08, whenever that was. I mean, Mattingly has shown that if you give him uh, a complete roster, he can get close. He had, you know, with the Dodgers, um, he's done some things in Miami in terms of develop, helping develop some of these, you know, some of the players that they've been able to trade away. Um, plus, the big question that everyone asks is, well, if not Boone, then who? That's the easiest. Then who there is? I got another name for you. Um, okay. Has the sting worn off enough that Carlos Beltran could be coming back in play? Has that subsided enough? He's still young. He was still a Yankee. I know he cheated, but look, Cora cheated, and they're fucking rolling, so I don't really care about that. I don't want another manager that has no major league coaching experience. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, Like, give me at a minimum, you have to have been a bench coach. Like we're talking about the Yankees. Like we're not the Brewers. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Raul Abanez is a name that I've heard a lot. That a lot of people in baseball like him. Eric Wedge. I think we interviewed him last. Eric night. fucking. Names, I mean, what, Eric Wedge. <laughs> and we're gonna get Eric Wedge. We might as well keep Boone because at least he knows how to get to the stadium already. <laughs> It's bad, man. We've been roasting them for for 50 minutes. Uh, Let's preview this week. Three against the Twins, two here in Philly with all three of us in attendance. What's your record this week? 
Three against the Twins in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Against, I think we face both Michael Pineda and J.A. Happ. They might as well just bring Phil Hughes out of retirement. <laughs> um, uh, we're due for the Yankees to take like two out of three and score like eight runs in a game and me to completely forget what happened last weekend. And if there's a get right series, it's the twins. It's us. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I don't think we've lost this series of them in 20 years. Oh, dude. So you weren't on Saturday. I meant to ask you. So I put on because it was on Fox in Philly here. They had like almost like a pregame show kind of thing. But it was like Philly. It was local Philly thing. I didn't watch the whole thing. And they had two guys. I don't even know who the fuck they are. I guess they work for Fox here. Like predicting the game. One was like, it's going to be 11 10 Red Sox. And the other guy was like, 9 8 Yankees. And I'm like, what are you? Have you seen any baseball games <laughs> at all that these guys have played? And then they were like, and we're going to the Bronx. And they showed like a flyover of the stadium. 2019 ALDS, like huge thing on the field. <laughs> so you guys don't even have like, like Fox National can't give you a flyover shot. Like it's a. It, you could have just picked a regular game where it doesn't have the huge playoff logos on the field. But that what got me thinking about that is they should tell the Yankees that this is the ALDS in Minnesota and will sweep all three games. They, oh, they will. There's one thing that they can get this team going. It's playing the Twins. I don't think we've played them at home yet. I think this is our first time playing them. But what you just said about the Philly reminded me of. So last year, we couldn't go to any of the Philly games. So we had to listen to their god-awful announcers yep. talk about high school soccer and high school football. Oh, my God. They went on about, um, oh, fuck, the guy, David Boreanis. They talked about David Boreanis for two days and his high school football career. They're brutal. They're they're brutal. They took a shot at um they they took a shot at Jeter. Um they they're just they're just insufferable. I I hate them. I'm glad that's probably my favorite part that we're going to these games. We don't have to listen to those guys. Um, but I will I will sign up for two out of three in Minnesota and a split in Philly, right now. Yeah, I mean, I want to sweep in Philly. Oh, me Got too. it for like Trust bragging me. rights. Trust me. Nobody wants that more than me. <laughs> so, Dan, turn your mic on. So, so you're you're flying up on Friday night. Yep. And then coming to the game Saturday. Yeah, just preparing y'all. I've only seen the Yankees win once in person. So, ever? Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be a sweep. Holy shit! God. That's horrible. How many games have you been to? Wait, I not, do you don't remember this story? I've the the every game I've gone to see Tampa and the Yankees. They always lose. Oh, well, we can't play there. They, yeah, the that makes game, sense. The one game they won that I've been at, I went to go see Derek Jeter in his last season, and they rested him that game. So I didn't even get to see <laughs> Jeter. Well, guess what? Jeter's not playing Saturday either, so maybe we got a shot. Maybe. If you only go to games at the Trop, it makes sense that you've only seen one win. Like When you first said that, I was like, there's no way. But now that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you're just turning around and leaving Sunday morning? Yep, it's a it's gonna be a long weekend. There you go. Gonna get after it on Saturday. Oh yeah. I'd rather win the Saturday game and have like a great Saturday night and then just lose Sunday and it's whatever. If I could pick one of the games to win, I'm picking Saturday. Yeah, because if they lose on Saturday, you're just gonna go home and cry. Yeah, and my Saturday night's ruined. Yeah. 
you know, Sundays are already kind of depressing. So if they lose, it's like, whatever. Uh, the other good thing that for us, I've actually checked. So uh, the Phillies, one, two, three, their three best pitchers, uh, Nola, Eflin, and Wheeler. They're pitching Tuesday through Thursday against the Braves. So we should get their four and five, which, I mean, we can't really hit anybody, but at least we're not going to have to face Wheeler. So that's something. There we go. We're looking for positives. And so we're going to be out doing some drinking on Saturday. Correct. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited to meet Dan in person. Dan, how tall are you? Uh, six one. Okay, so about my size. Okay. Just curious. We got. kind of want to get Dan into like some wild shit. You think we could get... If the Yankees win, I'll see if I can talk my wife into letting me stay out. And then we'll get Dan on the bull at PBR. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. You ever ride a mechanical bull, Dan? No, I haven't, but they look fun. You're well, from the South. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that was just like a Florida christening. <laughs> no. Florida christening. I hope, dude, I hope the fact that you're flying up here for one game, I, I really hope they win for all I, of us. I was so happy to see like that it's not going to rain. I was like, what if this guy flies up here and it fucking gets rained out? Oh, my God. That was a big concern, but best case scenario is they win Saturday and I'm extremely hungover on the flight back Sunday. There you go. There you go. Uh, Dan, what's your Twitter? Juski99. <laughs> I love taking you. Say- and how do we say your last name? Gajewski. <laughs> Just cracks me up. What a terrible, terrible. You're going to have to change that before you try to get a job somewhere. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> you can follow Nick. Uh, at NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. You can follow the show at George's Box Pod. Especially this weekend, I'm sure we'll be... Um, doing stuff i don't know where we're going to be before the game apparently we're going to some guy's house for a little bit i want to try to pop into xfinity live if you're going to be at xfinity live let me know i like that more than drinking at people's houses um but yeah tweet at us and uh we'll try to meet up with people i will say dan you'll enjoy this because nick's a psycho with the whole pine tar thing (laughs) we're in delta and i leave to go upstairs to say hi to someone and as I'm going up an escalator, some dude, so whoever this was, I didn't catch your name, uh, is like, yo, JJ, as I'm going up the escalator, I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, where's the pine tar? <laughs> and I was like, he's here. He's not wearing the hat. He's not wearing the hat, but he, he's here with it. Nick, you're uh, a psychopath. Yeah, I got some issues. Yeah, yeah. Dude, being in a car with Nick and his dad, they are, it's like Rain Man of games that they've been to. Like his dad is just like, yeah, no, 93. I was on a business trip in Atlanta and, you know, like he's just rattling off these games. He's like, yeah, it was 5 2, remember? And it's like, how? And Nick's like, yeah, no, remember what's that game? Boom. It's like a weird just stump the Schwab of their own lives and they only know that. <laughs> and then on the way home, I don't know if maybe Nick had a couple of drinks and he just goes, aren't you worried? Like now that you've settled in the Philly era, like your kids will want to be like Eagles, Phillies fans. And I was just like, no, not really. I mean, like, I have a daughter, like, I'm very unconcerned in the grand scheme of the world right now of her rights of that. And Nick is just like, I just, you know, I worry about it. I'm like, Nick, you grew up in the Philly area. You are a proof of this. He started to get, he started to get sad. Think about it. He was like, oh, yeah, I could do it. <laughs> it was a dark, yeah. sad time. That, yeah. That's what those are. And, yeah, that's what me and my dad do after losses. We'll complain about what happened in that loss. And we'll be like, and then when we went in 2018, the same thing happened. And then that's just it, – yeah, it's just kind of a back and forth. So that's the therapy. They're a fun group of guys, Dan. It was nice. To, is your dad going to be there Saturday? He will be there Saturday, yes. For the and game? Sunday. Is he going to the pregame? That I don't know. Is your dad going to be drinking in someone's backyard? 
That I don't he know. Might. Potential. He might. He might. Potentially. What did he think of me? Did he say anything about meeting me and Andrew after? Yeah, he said he liked you. Good guys. Good Yankees. He li- anybody that roots for the Yankees, he will generally like. You'd have to be like a real dickhead as a Yankee fan. to not- Like my dad's pretty easy to get along with. Oh, yeah. No, super nice guy. That's why I was like at first when we were in Billis, it was like here like I don't, your, your dad's a dad. Like he's an older gentleman. Yeah. Most men his age aren't like, yeah, put that shot of Jameson in my face. But we're just like, here, you know, it's, it's the owner of Bill. Your dad's like, that guy owns the place. We're like, yeah, don't worry. It's fine. Oh, hey, meet this guy. This will be free. Yeah, it was loud. It was loud in there. But yeah, no, he can uh, he can handle himself. I wasn't worried about that. We walked in there and they were playing pop that. And I was just like, let's go. <laughs> it was cool to see Billy's all fired up because even when I went, I told you on opening day, it was nothing like that. It was everybody seated, so it was cool to well, see the that. Capacity honestly. was supposed to be five hundred people. The owner was like, "I might lose my liquor license today." <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. not five hundred people. It was nobody was seating. It was nobody was full seated. on billies. It was full on billies, and it was like the perfect like. It was the Friday night, first Friday night of the summer without rain. So every like there was there were Yankee fans there, but there were a good amount of like. Girls who moved here from God knows where, and someone gave them tickets, and they're just like, I'm not even wearing a full shirt to this event. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. On both sides, there were Yankees and Red Sox fans like that. You could tell girls said no, no interest. Just like, Um, yeah, I'm just here. I'm here to be seen. I'm here to have a good time. I'm here to drink. I don't care about baseball. The people in front of us in the stands, they liked you. You got that guy a beer. They were friendly. Yeah, they they were nice people. There were nice people. Um, the one woman, Andrew, made a joke about uh, being a vaccinated section, and the woman, like, she thought we said we weren't vaccinated, and she, like, hesitated. We're like, no, no, we're vaxxed. We're vaxxed. How funny was it looking out at the, the one section in the bleachers that had, that was 100% capacity compared to the other sections? Like, they're crammed in like sardines. It was hysterical. Yeah, when you sit there and you look around the stadium, it's just like, there are these, like, six sections that it's just people, it looks like when you see videos on, like, YouTube of, like, trains in India, like, commuter trains in India, and it's, like, people hanging off the side. Or, like, in Japan, where, like, they use pretty much, like, a broom to, like, jam people into the subway cars. It all looked like that, but then they're, like, not, you know, not guaranteed that you have to be vaccinated. I'm not saying all those people weren't vaccinated. It's just, like, spread out. You're having a great time. So... All right, well, hey, listen. We've turned it around to a positive at the end of the show. We're going into the week with... uh, Probably still terrible energy, but we're hoping for the best. That's it. Well, hey, we will. If you're there on Saturday, let us know. We'll see you there and we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.